I'm not giving up this fight when a majority of Americans disapprove of both Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Nikki Haley is staying in the Republican presidential primary race, despite a big defeat in South Carolina. That's where we're starting The 7 from The Washington Post. I'm Hannah Jewell. It's Monday, February 26th. Let's get you caught up with today's seven stories. Donald Trump won the South Carolina Republican primary on Saturday, putting him one step closer to his party's nomination. It was an expected but significant loss for former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley. South Carolina is not only her home state, but she used to be its governor, and had never lost an election there. Until now. Trump defeated Haley by about 20 points. Haley doesn't have a clear path to the nomination. But she said that she's staying in the race because the support she has seen shows there's still an appetite among Republican voters for a candidate who's not Trump. In the next 10 days, another 21 states and territories will speak. They have the right to a real choice. Not a Soviet-style election with only one candidate. And I have a duty to give them that choice. But Haley's confidence wasn't enough to reassure the influential Koch network. Yesterday, the powerful conservative group announced it would stop spending in support of Haley's campaign after the loss and will focus on down-ballot races instead. The next step in the race comes tomorrow, when Republicans and Democrats hold presidential primaries in Michigan. Number two. The Supreme Court will consider whether states can control social media. Justices will hear arguments today on whether laws in Florida and Texas violate the First Amendment. The Texas law prohibits social media companies from removing posts or accounts based on a viewpoint. And the Florida law prohibits platforms from suspending the accounts of political candidates or media publications. These laws were originally passed by Republican leaders because of concerns among conservatives that big tech companies were censoring their speech. The court's decision is expected by late June. And it will determine whether state governments or tech companies will have the power to set the rules for what posts can appear on social networks. And that could have a huge impact on political speech in the critical months leading up to the presidential election. Number three, the government could partially shut down in less than a week. That's right, we are officially back on shutdown watch. About 20% of federal funding is set to expire if Congress doesn't act by Friday night. A partial shutdown would endanger vital government services like food stamps and housing assistance programs. Some House Republicans slowed down the talks that had seemed close to a breakthrough this weekend. They're making policy demands on issues like LGBTQ rights, abortion, immigration, and China. Lawmakers abandoned their plans to announce the text of a deal last night. Instead, they may have to pass another temporary spending extension to avert the partial shutdown. The remaining 80% of federal government funding is set to expire on March 8th, and that could have even wider consequences. President Biden is set to deliver his State of the Union address on March 7th, when lawmakers could still be stuck on a plan to fund the government. At number four, a ceasefire agreement in Gaza could come soon. White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said yesterday that negotiators had agreed to the basic contours of a deal. And he said the U.S. hopes a final agreement could be reached in the coming days. The deal would potentially lead to a temporary pause in fighting, 
the release of some hostages still held by Hamas, and ramped up aid to Gaza. But yesterday, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said Israel would still attack the southern Gaza city of Rafah, even if a ceasefire deal is reached. That's where over a million people have been sheltering from the fighting elsewhere in Gaza. Netanyahu has called the city the last Hamas stronghold. But the U.S. has warned Israel against a full-scale military operation there without a plan to evacuate and protect civilians. Number five. The Canadian Star Trek Discovery actor Kenneth Mitchell has died. Mitchell played several Klingon characters in the Paramount Plus series. He also played Aurelio, a character who used a hovercraft wheelchair. Mitchell had previously said that that character was created in honor of his battle with ALS. That's a rare neurological disease which he had been fighting for more than five years. Mitchell died on Saturday. His personal Instagram page and the official Star Trek website confirmed it yesterday. He was 49 years old. Record-breaking warmth will hit the Midwest and eastern U.S. this week. That's number six. Temperatures are forecast to surge 20 to 40 degrees above normal between today and Wednesday. By the time this warm spell winds down later next week, most places east of the Rockies and north of the Gulf Coast will have probably challenged or set warm weather records. This has been a lost winter for the Midwest, which has seen absent snow, thin ice cover on the Great Lakes, and many cities experiencing their warmest winter on record. And this period of warmth is expected to generate fuel for possible severe thunderstorms in parts of the Midwest and South on Tuesday and Wednesday. And at number seven, a deep-sea robot may have discovered dozens of new species. The creatures were found on an underwater mountain range 14,000 feet deep off the coast of Chile this year. They included ghostly white sponges and lobsters with beady eyes and barbed legs, as well as corals, urchins, sea stars, and sea lilies. And these underwater critters may be unknown to science. The robot brought them up to the surface so that scientists can test to see if they really are new species. The potential discovery shows how ocean protections put in place by the Chilean government restricting fishing may have helped bolster biodiversity under the sea. And that could be an encouraging sign for other countries looking to safeguard their waters. You can get a look at these mysterious creatures in a video in our newsletter. Find a link to that in our show notes. That's the show for today. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, a great way to support our work is through a subscription to The Washington Post. Right now, you can get a starter pass to The Post for just $3 every four weeks for a year. That gets you access to four articles per month. Or if that's not enough, you can get an all-access digital subscription for just $4 every four weeks for a year. Subscribe to The Post by going to WashingtonPost.com slash subscribe. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll meet you back here tomorrow. <laughs>